0: Welcome to Coffee and Geography, where my guests and I geek out about the world and everything on it, discovering that we are all geographers in some way, shape or form. I'm your host, Kit, and my pronouns are they, them or she, her. So settle down with a brew, hit that subscribe or follow button and enjoy the listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee and Geography. And uh, yeah, were you pleasantly surprised by that kind of Break in uh, the normal format last week where I had the on location at the Norwich Science Festival. Yeah, I mean, I just went for it, just went for it. And uh, so this guest is actually uh, coming to you a week later than planned, but it's definitely worth the wait. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, I could say kind of maybe proxy ex colleague, maybe, you know, we worked across the hall from each other. Zoe Johnson. Hello, Zoe. How are you?
1: Hello. Okay, Ke- I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing very, very well. So yeah, we're sitting. Um, sitting here the sun is out at the moment um, because of course one thing we do quite a lot or at least I used to do you still do is talk about the weather
1: love to talk about the weather anytime any place I'm there (laughs)
0: yeah and that is because Zoe is a meteorologist and climate change journalist, currently studying a master's in broadcast journalism at the University of Sanglier after doing a stint of three years of weather forecasting. We're definitely going to talk about that because that's how I, I met Zoe. Uh, she loves to talk about the weather, but also likes to talk about climate change because if you don't talk about it, how else are you going to inspire change? Zoe loves talking to schools about climate change as part of STEM and children as children are so engaged to the subject this is very true and she loves the natural world and has been a geography fan since day one so a perfect guest for this podcast then Zoe
1: I'm glad you think so
0: <laughs> <laughs> always it's always fun talking to you right so um speaking of the Norwich Science Festival you've uh, not long came got home you like got home got yourself settled pop yourself in front of the laptop and now here you are so yeah how how's your day been at the Norwich Science Festival?
1: Yeah it's been amazing today I was um, today was climate change and sustainability day at the Norwich Science Festival so I was I had to be there um, and <laughs> in particular I'm working on a story about um, how edible insects could be the future of climate change if that makes <laughs> sense or perhaps can eating insects help us fight climate change is a better way of putting it? Um, so I was speaking to people there all about that about how we should be eating insects, and it was fascinating and a little, maybe, I don't want to say off-putting because I've <laughs> maybe been converted, but there's still a little bit of squeamishness there.
0: right okay, okay right so I've, yeah I, I'm thinking that people some people listening have just like shivered a little bit (laughs) Ah. hopefully folks you you haven't gone off the road if you're listening in your car um but okay so have you eaten insects yourself
1: I didn't they didn't have any there to try so I, I dodged a bullet I think I would be I would be a little bit persuaded to perhaps eat them in the future um because the concept is that they're a much more sustainable source of protein than perhaps you know meat even like uh vegetarian or vegan alternatives um mm. so you know they they might have persuaded me there
0: yeah and we're not we're not talking about like for you know I, I know not everyone listening is into popular culture but we're not talking about like i'm a celebrity get me out of here kind of thing are we right like like you just basically they're giving you a live praying mantis You've got to shove it in your gob or something like that. It's not what we're really talking about, folks. We're talking about, you know, um, going through the whole food processing process because um, one thing I've heard of um, is you can get in some places you can actually get flour made out of insects or, you know, grinded insect like cricket and stuff like that. And you can actually use it to bake with. So I have heard of that before. And uh, we were joking weren't we just before we started recording about how you know the Egyptians missed a trick with the plague of lotus, locusts because they could have they could have chowed down
1: yeah it could have been a tasty treat
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about what you were how you were kind of working with the guests and and how were you kind of inspiring the young people because you say you love talking to to young people about about stuff like this so so what were you trying to do to get them? to fired up about this topic Mm -hmm.
1: I was just on the I was just there at the science festival today on a bit of a background mission so I wasn't directly involved I was watching the experts at work um, in, in getting involved with the children but on other occasions it's definitely something I love to do but insects not my uh <laughs> what's what's the phrase not my um not my topic not my expert topic so oh i
0: really thought you were going to come up with an insect paste bun but i i can't i, ca- I can't think of one myself i'm usually no. good at <laughs> but
1: nothing
0: nothing 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 buzzed around your head no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh i just had to um right you're taking a sip from your mug there what have you got in your in your mug i what have got brew have you got
1: I've got coffee with um, frothy oat milk. That's a real <gasps> treat. And it's God, it's got it. a bit of um, vanilla in it as well um, because I've gotten into um, syrup in my coffee, which is probably not a great habit to develop, but I'm into it.
0: When So when you were working, when we were working at the Enterprise Centre, did you ever get any syrup in your coffee from the
1: caf- cafeteria? I never even bought coffee from there because... I try not to buy coffee out unless I've got my little reusable mug with me and I never had that with me. So I'm just poor organization, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, that's that's true. Yeah, I mean, they really did try and encourage us to kind of like bring our own mugs or stuff like that. But you could have just grabbed one from the cupboard just above the sink. <laughs> I'm
1: lazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So is, it any, is there any kind of particular uh, brand that you drink or do you just pick up any coffee off the shelf?
1: Yeah, I have. And I've bought the packet... As per your request. (laughs) This is what I have. Halo. Um, And yeah, so the company's called Halo. um, And they make coffee pods that go in your Nespresso machine or your coffee machine. Um, But they're made out of paper, um, which is really cool. Um, So they can be put in the food bin basically once you're done. Um, And I love that because I like a nice cup of coffee. Um, I like the no fuss way of making it in a machine. It ticks all the boxes.
0: So yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so you got um, you got your so Halo Pod. So we're going to look that one up. So they have got some sustainable credentials, folks. So if you look it up, and it's and when you see it, you type in Halo. You don't don't obviously click on anything to do with the video game, folks. So it's Halo, and it's got a little line above the O, tilde above the O. So when you find it, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. So folks, have a look at that up, see how it's sustainable. it is. right. So let's go now talking about um, Norwich and stuff, because we always talk about people's locations. I've had so many people on from Norwich, of course, because (laughs) obviously plenty of my friends and colleagues are from Norwich and I'm always dragging those in. So I'm trying to think, how can I phrase this in a way that makes it sound different? So is Norwich your, first of all, tell folks, is Norwich where you were born and bred or have you moved into Norfolk in the area from somewhere else?
1: I was born, well, I was actually born in the James Paget Hospital in Great Yarmouth. Oh, no, uh, not that far away. So right, that's yeah. a fun fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. I grew up in Suffolk um, in a very small village called Spexel, which is near Halesworth, which is near Bungie, um, to kind of broaden the picture a little bit for you. <laughs> it's about 20 minutes from the coast, so places like Southwold, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be familiar with. Um, that's where I grew up, pretty much. Um, yeah, all my childhood um, and then came to university in Norwich at the University of East Anglia. Um, pretty much stayed there ever since, except one year where I lived between Exeter and Bristol for a year.
0: Just a year? What, what, what did you go all the way? That's, that's a little distance <laughs> to go from here. So,
1: Yeah, I did a year in industry as part of my degree. Um, So I spent time at the Met Office in Exeter and then I went to a renewable energy company in Bristol and then I moved back to Norwich. I was like, I like it here. I'm staying.
0: (laughs) Ah, folks. Okay. So if you're not aware who the Met Office are, I mean, the vast majority of you listening will know who the Met Office is. But So the Met Office are a scientific body who, um, and the Met stands for meteorological um, and they do tons of things about weather forecasting modeling climate modeling uh it's just that the scientific research into the impacts and and the cause uh, they're just an amazing bunch of people at the Met office and they're very highly regarded um they're a very very prestigious scientific organization here uh in the united kingdom um yeah and their headquarters is in exeter uh yeah so so you're a classic quintessential east angling gal then
1: definitely
0: um, yeah, so so Yarmouth to stuff. Yeah, because my parents used to live, and this name will ring a bell to you, Hardly twenty one. My parents actually had a very short stint in Rumbra.
1: Yes, wow.
0: Um, yeah, and um, now put it this way, folks. So I want you to think of one of the most... Isolated settlements with the middle of nowhere that doesn't have hardly anything. It only has a pub and a village hall and a phone box. And that's pretty much it. Um, and then you had to drive 10, 15 minutes to Halesworth to go to the co op there to go shopping. Um, and uh, yeah, and on my parents, like my dad is Cockney from Eastern London. And my parent you know, we were born, I was born and raised in the new town of, of Harlow in Essex, as I've mentioned many times. And he decided to give the whole country lifestyle a go for a year. And um, they ended up moving out there very soon and going to Ipswich so
1: it is cut off
0: <laughs> yeah so it's quite a nice area though and I actually we actually and my partner and I did actually do a hike from Norwich all the way down to Rumborough. um over, over to yeah we we decided to we could have done it in a day but we did took two days and then we stayed at this uh bed and, uh, bed and breakfast at Homersfield. so lovely stuff so yeah so it's um what's the question I want to ask you then, Zoe, is that there's a, there's a stereotype about going to university where people go, oh, it's a way for you to get away from the family, like to really go at the other side of the country or whatever, to experience things different, go to a completely different. But you just basically just went a stone's throw away to the UEA. So um, what, what, was, what, what drew you, like, well, what, what compelled you to stay so close and only come to Norwich and, and the University of East Anglia, why did you feel that this is fine for me and I'm still within arm's reach of home? Was it by choice? Did your parents force you to or was it, <laughs> would, you, would you miss mum and dad or what What was it?
1: It was actually the degree itself. So I, w- I knew I wanted to study meteorology. There's mm. only a handful of places you can do that in the UK. So I'd have been going to East Anglia or Edinburgh or Reading. Um, and there was a couple other ones that I considered like Plymouth um, that do I think an oceanography degree But if I wanted meteorology my options were very limited um, I nearly went for Edinburgh but they there's this I think their degree title is physics with meteorology I wasn't much into physics um, so that ruled that one out <laughs> and I think the Reading one is mathematics and meteorology so I crossed that one out as well oh. <laughs> it left me with meteorology and oceanography in Norwich at the University of East Anglia um and I think I was grateful um that I was close to home um when I first started uni because I found it hard to make friends in my first year I found you know eventually did make some friends but at first it was a bit of a rocky start um because I was living in a very big flat full of very different people, bit of a shock to the system. So it was lovely um, to be able to go home, and then a couple of years later, I spread my wings and uh, moved down to the southwest. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, because there's there's um, there's this misconception that like if you if you you know to go to university you've got to completely break away from home. You know, I mean, if you want to do that, obviously you should do that. For me, you know, I it was a, about an hour and a half, two hours drive back down to Harlow it so it was far enough away where I felt like I was on my own mm. but close enough where you know if I wanted to go home I could and I even did this really silly thing that I used to actually drive all the way back home once a, once a week to play football for the football team I used to play for I was like silliness absolutely take
1: my washing home on that <laughs> i was about to ask <laughs> now that is a stereotype yeah <laughs> yeah
0: well um so uh we'll give a we'll give a few shout outs now because that leads into the next thing i want to talk to you about so we'll give a shout out to uh, professor steve dorling of course he will be very very happy to hear you say that you know out of all these places that you could have gone to you decide to stick it close to home and come to ueo so professor steve Dorling uh, has been is a friend of ours uh colleague ex colleague of of Zoe's and uh, lecturer of ours, of course, when we did meteorology, um, our meteorology course at uh, at University of East Anglia, and um, I will never ever forget the uh, the Lake District trip.
1: No, amazing! I mean, it was magical. Um, all the trips, actually, that um, there was a. Field trip in the first year as well to Slapton. um, Devon. Amazing field trip. That's like the the School of Environmental Sciences at UEA has great field trips,
0: definitely. Guys, we're, we're, we're... This is just based on our personal experience, all right? We're not being funded and paid by the UEA. Okay, all right. I know I work for the UEA three days a week, but they're not giving me extra money for this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just our personal experience. But yeah, Slapton is great. They take the whole of the cohort, the first years down there. Um, But, you know, one of the best things about Slapton, of course, is the beach party. But apparently they've heard that they've had to stop doing the beach parties that would
1: be so sad because it's oh, just lovely memories all set on the beach around the campfire. i think um me and my friends actually bought a bottle of spirits from the local pub from behind the bar to take down to the beach you can edit that out <laughs> if i shouldn't have said it but <laughs> well that's it's, up
0: to you <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: that's the kind of thing that we uh that we did and it's uh lovely memories yeah
0: yeah and um so the field trip to the lake district in the second year so with steve's meteorology course um my i got two memories from that which i really are fond of is one is um one of my best friends um dan beaden who i'm trying to get on this podcast because he works for the british antarctic survey and he would be an awesome guest and his wife julia who is in flood management so it's like oh come on folks you're like can you listen in? come on i know you know me and you can't get me to shut up but come on my podcast please um but i remember me and dan uh and another uh with our really good friends matt wicks getting up at five in the morning to go for a pre uh, pre-day hike and the sun was rising as we were coming over like clumbering over these rocks and we just had the magical sunrise just over the lake district that was brilliant and the other one was that um that was actually the last time that i had quite long hair but this was before my when I knew actually how to manage long hair and it actually suited me. This was when I was in my rebellious long hair phase. And uh, the weather the the weather um oh the um the thing mast. that we were trying to put up, the mast, thank you. The mast we were trying to put up, so we put a mast up by the lake to try and get the microclimate there. And then the other time we tried to get this mast up in this in this forest, and it got stuck as we were trying to put it up. And like the the guy ropes got stuck. So, and like, st- I think it was Steve or someone who said like, um, yeah, we need, we need to kind of untangle them. Who's going to shimmy up the tree? And I, I was like, I will. But of course, these were these were like coniferous trees. I was like climbing up, it's, ow, 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 ow. and <laughs> get my hair stuck and everything. But yeah. Magic. So, I was. You reminded
1: Muppet. me of um, something. Your first story reminded me of something I did on that field trip. And I haven't probably thought of it since. I set an alarm for three o'clock in the morning, one of the days um, on our field trip, got everybody in my little like dorm room up and out of bed because the forecast from the night before had said there was a chance of seeing the northern lights. (gasps) So I was like, we're going, you know, we've got to do this. Got everyone out of bed. Everyone was ready. Um we went outside and it was cloudy. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a weather forecaster and I hadn't checked the weather. I just checked the Aurora <laughs> forecast and we didn't see anything. Everyone went back to bed and laughed at me the next day. But I took it, you know, as a weather forecast, you get used to getting things wrong.
0: <laughs> I love it. You hear it here, folks. So when when, when you see Zoe on your, on your screen one day, you know, maybe doing the weather forecast, you're like, yeah. She didn't even check the forecast once when she was so excited about the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so segue now. going back to, to Steve Dawling and the crew. So if I mention these names, we've got Steve Doyle, we've got Chris Bell, we've got Fred Best. We've got the magnificent legendary Jim Bacon, who is a very famous name here in, the, here in East Anglia. And this was uh, – and other folks, um, Ian and everybody. Maury, how are you doing, folks? Um, from WeatherQuest. So you did three years working at, at WeatherQuest. Tell, tell folks what WeatherQuest was then, and they were based at the UEA.
1: Yeah, WeatherQuest is a weather forecasting company. I think they started in 2001, um, and it was started by Jim Bacon, TV legend, um, and I think Steve <laughs> Dawling, um, and they all grouped together to start this company um, to provide weather forecasts, um, mainly to sort of starting off with clients in East Anglia, but then spreading worldwide it is now. Um, mm. And they really do a bit of everything um so you, a lot of what they do is weather forecasts for farmers um being in this region east anglia we have a lot of farmers here um so a lot of their time is really spent on the phones talking to these people um about how the weather could affect them and how to sort of maximize their business by getting the right weather forecast um but another big area they're sort of moving into now is offshore renewables um, so yes. offshore wind farms um they're doing incredibly well in that sector um, so it's really great to see that because um, it's you know brilliant stuff for the climate. Um, but yeah, they really do a bit of everything. Um, yeah, and it was um, a great experience. My three years there.
0: Yeah, and um, you got to practice. You know, basically what you're now now doing. You got to practice doing the whole classic green screen video weather forecasting kind of thing. So yeah, and um, so we we managed to find a room in the enterprise center, paint one of the walls chroma green and uh had when we set up um so folks if you've seen some of my green screen videos my first green lot of green screen videos before covid set in i was actually using weatherquests studio they said as long as you help us set up and take down kit you can you can use that but yeah so i'll put a link in link in the description folks but there's uh, something that zoe used to do called the the farming forecast which is effectively an extended forecast that you would see on tv so so yeah so um Give us an example then of, of the kind of information that would have been so useful to farmers if they were to watch your farming forecast.
1: Yeah, so they'd get a lot more specific detail in our forecast than they would from maybe a TV broadcast because that's sort of catered to the wider audience, whereas ours was specifically targeted at farmer's so they'd get things like uh, we had a spraying index. Um, so there was a like a range of green colours on the map that showed whether the winds were light enough um, and it wasn't and it was dry enough, so they could go out and you know spray fertilisers on their crops and things like that. Um, and then we went we we would often talk about things like water deficit um very important at the moment because february's Mm. been so dry um so we'd talk about things like that and we'd go a lot further ahead than tv forecasts as well so we'd we'd look ahead to sort of the next month and see what the trends were indicating that the weather was going to do which i think is a little bit more than you can get um elsewhere and that's why it was so successful but yeah unfortunately um fred left shortly before i left um and we were sort of two of two out of the main three presenters so it yeah. had to stop which is yeah the talent
0: had to go yeah well cuz um, cuz the other folks who've who have done uh BBC forecast obviously other than Jim Bacon of course has been you know Chris Bell so folks if you're in the east of england and you've watched BBC location you've got that american guy comes on and does the uh, forecast that's 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 chris and then you've got um and then the person they always seem to call up when they want a comment on a, some kind of weather thing going on whether it's drought or whatever is they usually get dan holly on so um so yeah so there's two folks and hi chris hi dan um I, perhaps i should get them on this as a on here as a double act
1: oh, that'd wow. be quite yeah, cool Get them both on at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah okay come on dan come on chris um I've, oh, but we're gonna end up getting chris talk about the astros no doubt if we uh <laughs> as is yeah. any other business um so then you mentioned about renewable energy which is something you know I was, I was very very keen on and we and across the hall when i used to work for the world energy Metroid council we were very very keen on, on renewable energy and um because in the in the office at weatherquest you had this quite large map on the wall with all of the um wind installations and i mean my god there's i mean how, how much have you looked because you've you've slightly moved away from it now but how much are, are, are you aware of like the the, the most recent plans I mean, about, yeah. and all of the onboarding that they've happened to do and and bringing that on, because it's very controversial around here about um, how they're going to move the energy around. And so there's like, there's protests, there's protest signs about people's house, about no more pylons and, you know, and they want to, yeah. So what do you know about that, Zenzo, about this, this, this boost in renewable energy off the coast here?
1: I mean, there's so many the sort of angles you can come at it from obviously you know it's very it's very upsetting for people when you think about these you know pylons or you know big underground cables you know going past their house because you know that's that's important to people and where they live Um so you can definitely see their point of view but from a you know a climate change perspective it's amazing that East Anglia is like the hub of you know offshore wind energy in the UK, it's incredible. It's providing so many um, financial benefits across the region as well, in places like Lowestoft. So you know, I do think it's incredible. And if you went back to that map that we had on the wall at Weather Question, you need to get a felt tip and add so many more little boxes because yeah. there's so many more in the pipeline now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just it's just really exciting for our for our region as well. And so the, uh, the fact that I remember teaching school kids was that britain has roughly 40 percent of europe's um wind resource so basically if you if you were to quantify the amount of wind that comes over the continent of europe the uk has almost half of it which is not really surprising if you think about it because obviously we're on the western side of the continental shelf and the prevailing winds are coming from that you know from the from the west and the southwest um and then quite a lot of that resource does actually you know hit around the coast of the north sea because we've got nice shallow seas and we can put in our wind turbines and stuff but of course our floating turbines are becoming a thing as well
1: yeah amazing what fantastic technology like not super you know necessary at the moment in the north sea because like you said it's very shallow especially in the southern north sea but you know it's amazing to see what they're going to do with that in the future
0: Hi folks, a chance for you to recharge your brew, but also a polite prod to remind you that it's so easy to support this podcast. Simply liking, sharing, rating, and reviewing means that it will get on more people's radar. Also, there are a few links down in the description which may be of mutual benefit. Please do check them out. Right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna test you a little bit here, Zoe, right? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. So there's this fantastic tool, and I'll put a link in the description folks because i think especially if you're well if you're just interested in this kind of stuff but if you're an educator you will love this tool it's called the global wind atlas uh and it was uh developed by the world bank group uh esmat vortex and uh dtu which is uh, a danish university um and so i am so this this is wind speed zoe at, mm-hmm. at uh 10 meters in height yeah because because t- tell tell everybody why, 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 would, why do we need to measure wind speeds at different height?
1: Because uh, the winds change um, at different levels in the atmosphere. So close to the surface, obviously we've got lots of things on the surface, so it can be quite disrupted. Um, and as you go sort of higher up in the atmosphere, um, the winds can be stronger, they can be lighter, they can move in different directions. So it's very important that we have a picture of this all the way through.
0: Yeah. And you know, you, you know the one thing I remember from our meteorology course is the ekman spiral
1: <laughs> yeah
0: because I, 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 I that's the only thing that really grabbed my attention with the with the anyway look it up folks look it up right okay so i'm going to choose uh what should i say i've got well f- i've got five options here i've got wind speeds at 10 meters 50 100 150 or 200 meters now you could cheat and just say to i'll do it at 200 but then it's going to be constant all over the place so okay go and choose choose 150 or 10 zoe go on
1: it's
0: got to be ten. Ten meters, right. So the this is the wind speeds at, you know, not quite, but near ground level. So if you think of, you know, height of a house, perhaps. Um, very tall person standing on top <laughs> of themselves five and a half, six times. Um, right, okay. So let's see. This this is and this is no this is no reflection on Zoe's knowledge or anybody It folks. It's you know, it's just like any other geographer. Just because we're geographers doesn't mean we can necessarily you know, name the capital city of every single country in the world, right? It's that kind of thing. Right. So um, if I'm putting my mouse over the North Sea, Zoe, what do you reckon roughly the average wind speed is over at 10 meters?
1: Is that today?
0: This is just average. This is average. just, uh, I'm trying to look at what it would tell me. If I click on the area, it will give me um, area data, temporal data. Mm. So yeah, it's just saying me. Yeah, mean wind speed at height 10 meters
1: okay cuz if it was today we've got a uh, storm otto which was named by ooh. the danish met service moving to the north of the uk so like, it's going to be windy but no it's average so i want to say wait are we going meters per second miles per meters per second
0: yeah let's go let's go meters per second and standardize it <laughs> ooh
1: 12 meters per second okay
0: not too bad so the average wind speeds in the North Sea at ten meters, about seven point six eight meters. Too high. <laughs> yeah, a bit too high. Yeah, well, okay, about fifty percent too high, but still okay. So, but as soon as we hit, as soon as we hit the coast, so let's go down. You said Southwold, right? I know it's, I know mm-hmm. it's a bit round, it's a bit round to the east, but let's go Southwold. So, if I was to put the pin right off the coast of southwold what do you reckon it so not on the coast just off the coast let's say a good hundred meters off the coast of southwold what do you think mm-hmm. it
1: would be six meters per
0: second oh almost spot on yeah six and a half meters per second <laughs> Yep. and good. then oh i wonder if i can do this can i search for so was it s- we said rumbra right <laughs> so let's do rumbra uh we mentioned Rumbra. So then, what do you reckon the average wind speed is at ten meters per second? Or is at Rumbra
1: five meters
0: per second? Four point nine one. Oh. so there you go, folks.
1: Just once you told me the base level, I could I could get the other two. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you're, you're just extrapolating. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a good demonstration, folks, about why you know there's a lot of investment in um, wind turbines, particularly offshore, and you know on one of those big turbines. You know they're so powerful that you know some of them just one rotation of their blades can power an average home for like two days it's nuts so uh and yeah and it's not a surprise that they're really investing a lot in the north sea so you do, you do have higher wind speeds uh you do have higher wind speeds like off the coast of Scotland and certainly off the coast of West Scotland and Ireland but of course then you're getting off towards the edge of the towards the edge of the continental shelf and it's very deep out there and therefore the logistics to build wind farms out there is yeah. much more difficult.
1: And with it so, being so much windier all the time they struggle to actually get out there and build the wind farms. So interesting. that you know the winds and the waves being higher over there actually you know makes it very difficult for them to build it. Um, but then here in the southeast we get more of a lightning risk so you're sort of weighing out your pros and cons
0: yeah because there was that um the light there was a lightning strike wasn't they on on the turbine, and that and that was put as the proponents of of wind energy it was like see we can't rely on wind turbines because they get struck by lightning, and they cause a good blackout for an entire part of the country and you're like no they just it was the infrastructure mm-hmm. that was crap and they should have safeguarded yeah not the, the wind turbines okay. fault mostly Ava. it's okay <laughs> oh fantastic right um we're gonna move on now uh zoe and we're gonna have a look at um we're gonna jog on now so jogging is where i give you five different topics uh and you can choose to jog on with them which is means positive i would like to carry on and talk about these things mm-hmm. or you can say kit take a hike which means i'm not interested in talking about that mm-hmm. but you can only say take a hike twice okay so imagine that as a get out of jail free card. You only got two of them, <laughs> right? So uh, here are five topics. I this is a random topic generator. I I haven't told you any of the topics in advance. No, no.
1: Nope.
0: Just to clarify. Okay, okay. so the first uh, topic, and you can talk about it. Could be um, an experience about it. It could be something you love about it, hate about it, or an example. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You just it's just roll with it. So I the first it. topic, Zoe, is children's books. <laughs> jog on or take a hike. Uh,
1: take a hike.
0: <laughs> take a hike. Okay. Now this one, this next one is absolutely hilarious, right? I mean, I am not thinking about this yet, and you are certainly probably wouldn't be thinking about this yet because you're younger than me. But the f- second topic is retirement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, jog on. <laughs> okay. Talk to what? me about
0: retirement. Do you do you already have plans for what you would do when you retire? or <laughs>
1: I do not have plans for my retirement uh, yet, but it made me think about my parents who have just retired um, and they're trying to work out what they want to do with their lives now. Um, And they've had a very interesting retirement so far, uh, geographic wise, I guess. Um, They've been traveling a lot. They have. The first year they decided they would sell the house we grew up in. They bought a boat, um, like a yacht, <sighs> and they uh, went off from Ipswich um, and sailed down to the Algarve um, on the My south goodness. coast of Portugal. Um, so that's what they were doing. Um, oh, I can't remember what year it was now, but, but maybe a year, two years ago they were doing that. Um, so, yeah, just sailing around. I went and joined them in Portugal, a um, lovely place called Lagos. Amazing rock formations at the coast, like – have a have a google of that yeah. because it's beautiful um so that's what they did and then they decided the boat lifestyle wasn't for them um <laughs> there's a lot of issues surrounding sort of um the eu now um, yeah. and how long you can stay in europe which is a real shame um for people that love to travel so they came back they sold their yacht and they've just uh, bought a camper van so they'll be now exploring, but by by road. Um, um, they're planning to go up to Scotland, I think. Um, nice. So, yeah, that's where I spent a lot of my childhood in Scotland. Lovely geographical area. Um, and, there, yeah, that's what my parents are doing for their retirement.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Well, fair play to you, Zoe's parents. Fair play to you. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Right. So moving on to the next topic then is I I don't know what we would classify as strange, but strange movies.
1: Strange movies. Okay, we'll jog on. Um, Okay. (laughs) What strange movies have I watched recently? Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Have you watched any while I'm thinking?
0: Strange movies. movies. Well, I I don't know whether this counts, but the kids got me to watch the live action of Aladdin. (laughs) That was quite strange. (laughs) You know, in in many different ways. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, how Disney are trying to kind of Mm. like be culturally representative, but they still had Will Smith as the genie. I Mm. like Will Smith, right? (laughs) You know, recent, recent events aside, I genuinely Mm. like Will Smith, but still it's like, mm. Um, yeah, and it was just a bit weird, uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh any other things? I, I I always cite Studio Ghibli movies. They're always strange, but strange in a good way. Yeah, I definitely. love Studio Ghibli. Like um so yeah, you know, and like some of the strangest ones are like things like um uh, Spirited Away. I like that oh, movie is bonkers, but it's yes. bonkers good. You know? I
1: just thought of one that I watched over Christmas that was a strange movie um, and I'm trying to find out what it was called. Oh. It's
0: okay. We, we won't tell anybody that uh, Zoe is currently browsing on IMDB to try and figure out what the movie
1: <laughs> It was something about like a little lost culture in the mountains and these people had found a way of like Farming and relying on this little green sprout that glowed and grew in the ground. Mm. And their whole little settlement was surrounded by mountains. And they went on like an adventure to see what was beyond the mountains. And it was like a fantastical world beyond the mountains. And there's a, ma- I'm not going to spoil it in case anyone does watch it, <laughs> even though I can't remember what it's called. But there's like, <laughs> an, uh, there's a very strange moment at the end when you're like, what?
0: it was a bit of a
1: geography themed movie I wish I could remember what it was called okay
0: folks um, if you know what that is uh, you can please tag both me and Zoe on Twitter and say hey this was the movie you know Zoe will give her Twitter handle at the end of the episode (laughs) yes please
1: I would love you to put me out of my misery and tell me what that was
0: this is what the the listenership's for right okay so you've got two left Um, if you skip the next one you have to talk about the last one if you talk about the last one the next one you can't talk about the final one right Ooh. so i don't know this I've, the the next one is love at first sight <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh go on then we'll talk about jog that. on oh okay jog interesting on. love at first sight what an interesting concept um i'm sure it does exist i'm a helpless <laughs> romantic so i love oh. to think about things like that but i don't think and I really hope my fiancé isn't listening. <laughs> I don't think it was love at first sight. I think we were destined to be together because um, we are really uh, well matched, but I don't think it was love at first yes. sight. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, uh, bless him. Yeah. yeah
1: we, we met at um, at school. We're childhood sweethearts, as you would call it. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we met at school, um, sat in geography class together we're told yeah. off for talking for too much <laughs> and yeah 10 years later um we're still together so yeah maybe not love at first sight but yeah
0: <laughs> oh he's gonna have to listen to this now he's yeah yeah i'm i'm absolutely certain yeah and you're right you two are, are pretty much well matched um <laughs> but yeah i mean love at first sight yeah it's so the same with me and my wife like wasn't, no, it wasn't love at first sight. I thought she was really cute. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm definitely quite gay for this person. But, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, love at first sight. It, she grew on me and I definitely grew on her. So, but yeah, we've still been together like 20 years. So, you know.
1: That's wonderful.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the last topic, which I probably would have been interesting to talk about. And we've <laughs> kind of sort, you know what? We've kind of sort of talked about it already. It was emerging technology. That was the last topic. So we could have, you know, we've already talked about, you know, new wind turbines and stuff like that, you know, and so eating insects. So I think (laughs) we've covered, we've covered, we've covered. Right. Okay, so the uh, last thing we'll we'll move on to before we finish off with we're all geographers is you're spilling the beans. So now it was a really tricky quote. When someone is so dedicated towards geography and the environment like we are, it is really hard to think of a topic where you can't relate to geography. So, and you said that, you know, because so many of your hobbies are very close. Okay, well, first of all, something like t- apart from the obvious, because I know you like to travel, you like the weather and stuff like that, but um, yeah, what other hobbies do you have which are like... Yep, you are such a geography geek. <laughs>
1: um, I just love being outdoors. Um, I love running. So I do a lot of running. Um, uh-huh. I like to run in sort of nice locations. I'm just, yeah, I'm generally, for many things, quite a big nerd. Um, I love geography, really, um, finding out about stuff. So it's a lot of time spent outdoors. Um, another hobby, and I think you'd probably say this could be geography linked. I love to cook. Um, And I Mm. thought the link to geography was too obvious because, you know, you've got different cuisines for different cultures around the world. Um, So, yeah, they're they're sort of my um, main things. But I was trying to think of something that was super random for you to answer this question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, this is what we're going to come up to next. But And, of course, there's geographical links with this, obviously. But um, this is the the furthest removed you you thought of. And that was you really, really, really like musical theatre. So musical theatre, yeah. Yeah. That's a good stuff Oh
1: yeah, I'm a sucker for it. I love um I love musicals all the time. I'm all I'm not, you know, I'm not a great singer, not a great dancer, but I'm always I'm always singing. Um, You're a good cheerleader though. And you know, I do have like the dreams that one day um I will star in a musical. (laughs) As (laughs) unlikely as it sounds, you never know, it might happen. Apparently you can learn to sing, so
0: Yep, that's so. What's what is your what would you say are your if you could have a top three of musicals that you've seen or watched or whatever? What what might be in your top three?
1: So this is going to sound really weird, um, and it's another example of my very sort of love of nerdy things. Um, <laughs> there's an online theatre group um, from the US called Starkid. And back in, I want to say, it's like late noughties or early teens, um, they created a Harry Potter spoof musical. Um, And from then on, they sort of, I think that went viral. And then they started creating their own musicals and they're normally sort of spoof musicals um so there's like a spoof of aladdin um that's called twisted it's all told from like jafar's point of view that's one of my ah. favorite musicals they put them all online for free which is just what i love about them um so twisted is brilliant one of my absolute favorite musicals um they do one called starship which is a parody of the little mermaid but it's set in space
0: oh my goodness um- <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: so I love them but I also love like classic Broadway musicals I watched Hamilton for the first time um recently yeah. not not on you know Broadway not on the West End but on uh Disney Plus not an ad um, <laughs> um <laughs> but I watched that for the first time and I loved that um but oh if I had to pick oh I love Mamma Mia as well uh, yeah, there's, yeah there's just too many of my big musicals fans
0: oh that's awesome yeah i mean i've i was so fortunate to go and see uh hamilton in san francisco a theater in san francisco wow um, so see it live and and that 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 was the last that was the very last thing i did before the first lockdown because i i came back to U- the uk on the 10th of march uh and then we went into lockdown <laughs> so wow. um but yeah but the hamilton live was just so epic um I bet. and i i couldn't i couldn't yeah, it's, that's definitely one of the best things ever. Um, I've seen Wicked. I really like Wicked. I love, like Thanks. you were saying about like seeing it, seeing Aladdin from a Jafar's point of view. Is like I really do like alternative stories. Like, well, actually, mm-hmm. what's the story behind the Wicked Witch? You know, from about Elphaba's point of view. And so that was really, really good. I tell you what, one of my favorite. This is really cool, and this was at the Norwich Theatre one one <clears throat> Theatre Royal once, and that's Avenue Q. Have you heard of Avenue Q?
1: I haven't oh, about
0: it. If it ever does the rounds again, you should so sit. Mm-hmm. I want you to think it's it's like it's like the Muppets, but it's adult humour.
1: <laughs> that so, sounds really special and wonderful. Yeah,
0: it, it is it is hilarious. Now it, it was I think it was rated 12 and over so you could have Teenage so it was it wasn't so Dirty and so crass that you Know that it was like 18 or above But it was but it definitely There yeah, a lot of adult adult orientated Jokes in there and uh, I, I can't uh, You know there are some there are some titles Well <laughs> okay Folks um, so There is a A play on The countryside is really great for corn But it is called the internet is Really really great and i'll let you fill in the blank um so but it's it is very funny it's very clever um and yeah and it's just like just like the muppets so it's just the actors walking around with with puppets on their fingers and they they look exactly like they, they would in the muppets and stuff like that so yeah that's really good and the um yeah that was at norwich norwich theatre royal so yeah go check that out if it, if it does come along Ave, Avenue Q.
1: I will be there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Um, okay. Let's finish off then Zoe. So we, are, we are all geographers and that's where we link all of our guests together. Um, and last, well, not last week, cause I did that special Norwich, um, science festival episode, but the week before last I talked to, uh, Colleen Campbell, who is a PhD student who is doing, um, stuff about, um, coral reefs and in a, in the red sea and researching all that kind of stuff. And, um, the word that so the words that she's come up for you to talk about for thirty seconds, so it is actually coral reefs. She said, "Well, this is what I'm studying. I want the next person to talk for thirty seconds about coral reefs." So that's it. So that's your topic, Zoe. So do you think you can talk about coral reefs? Th- and you could say any slant on it whatsoever. You can relate it to meteorology if you like. You can just talk about if you visited a coral. It don't matter. So do you think you can wax lyrical about coral reefs for thirty seconds?
1: absolutely do you want me to go now
0: you can start whenever you do and i'll put my timer on the screen so you can see when your time is up not 30 you're not going to talk for 30 minutes you'll talk for 30 seconds (laughs) that was a close one right so whenever you're ready zoe and i'll start the time you just off you go
1: coral reefs are an incredible source of biodiversity but they're also massively at risk from climate change so as our oceans warm um they become more acidic as well and this is very damaging for the coral reefs it's something that we really need to um work on to sort of help fix the coral reefs i think there's a lot of really great projects out there that are trying to make them better so that's really great um Aren't coral reefs just the most fantastic things <laughs> and beautiful things you've ever seen?
0: I like, he's like, I need to fill these 30 seconds. <laughs> I need to fill these <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I Excellent. thought I knew
1: more than I did about that topic. When it actually comes to talking about the exact science of what's happening, a lot of it left my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I've decided that... Um, I, I used to not put the timer so folks like we, Zoe and I can see each other over the camera. And so what I do, what you don't know folks is that i usually hold up a timer in front of the screen so they can see how long of the 30 things they've got left and it's amazing like they go yeah i'm up this is really good and then kit like shoves a timer in their face I'm like uh, you know so if you hear panic it's my fault it's not their fault <laughs> <laughs> right but uh, for our next guest zoe you get to come up with uh something for our next guest to do for 30 seconds what do you reckon you're gonna go for
1: lovely geography related
0: can be can be or it could be something so far removed if you think but but they've got to link it so
1: Mm, let's go with what interests me Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think (laughs) (laughs) um what should we have can we have clouds
0: yeah we can have clouds (sighs) we certainly can have clouds yep Lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. You sure you don't want to make it like outer cumulus instead, or cumulimbus, really, or cirrostratus? Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of me and Zoe can run off all the cloud types now. Mammatus. <laughs> um, particular, right? But no, so we got, we're going for clouds, and so our next guest can have a go at clouds. Right. So we've already given a shout out to the wonderful folks past and present at uh, WeatherQuest in at the UEA in Norwich. Uh, is there anyone else you'd like to give it? And your parents, of course, and yeah. your fiance. Is there anybody else you'd like to give a shout out to?
1: I would love to shout out the fantastic gang at the MA Broadcast Journalism at UEA. They're my current colleagues, uh, classmates, and They are the most fantastic bunch of people that I've met in a very long time. The broadcast journalism degree is so difficult, I could not get through it without them. So massive shout out to those guys.
0: Yeah. And as yeah, I, I can imagine as someone, you know, just doing a podcast as a hobby as like, I'm like, yeah, this is easy. You just record, you send it. It's like, no no it is pretty hard work but it's it's definitely a labor of love that's for sure uh so yeah so then to add visuals and everything like that on it, and like i have done videos and stuff like that, it's like yeah no wonder why you have a whole entire pro- you know production team behind you and everything uh so that's a great shout out and uh if folks are interested in connected with you so uh you have a twitter account is and uh so what is your twitter handle if people want to connect with you
1: Yep. Yeah, it's at dots above the e um and i think sometimes a lot of people read it as dots above v because that's kind mm. of what it looks like but that is my twitter instagram TikTok, all the social media um you can find me and follow me on there
0: yeah i i, I always look, used to think it was dots above the, which and i always yeah. think that's quite nice i mean i i realize that now it's because you have your dots above your e on your name <laughs> and i really do go to pains to make sure i got that like never. whenever we correspond i'm very grateful
1: for it because (laughs) um when people do it and i'd say about 50 percent of people do it's so lovely when people put the dots on because you know they've really gone that extra step to be caring you you, you're worth
0: it so you're worth (laughs) it uh yeah so it's dots above the but also i i love that it can switch to dots above the because then i like start i like think of like stars yeah (laughs) yeah so well Zoe you have been an absolute star Um, I know it's been lovely catching up with you Um, thank you so much for giving up your afternoon and you know coming straight here straight after the Neuroscience Festival and parking your bum and and, uh, having a little chat to uh, catch up so thank you so much
1: it's been lovely thank you for having me Kit
0: thank you so much for listening we hope you had fun if you haven't already done so, please subscribe so more stories and experiences can drop into your favourite podcast app. If you fancy being a guest or have any feedback, follow us on Twitter at CoffeeJogPod and send us a DM. Or you could email coffeeandjog@geogramblings.com. at geogramblings.com. Until next time, keep geogging.